Hi, I'm Libby Trickett. This is All That Glitters, a podcast where I sit down with the world's best retired athletes and explore the transition from the bright lights of competition to the real world. Today I sit down with Olympic gold medalist Alice Tate. Clean start. Mules got into the water quickly. It's Alice Mills with the relay cap. Excellent touch. Excellent 50 for Alice. Really good. Now she can hold it now. This is going to be so close at the first turn. She's going to win it for Australia. And the Australians have broken the world record. I feel nervous. Do you? Don't feel nervous. We'll, we'll ease into it. You know me. Nah. <laughs> um, when do you want to start? Oh, we're good. Oh, to he's already yeah, started. Yeah. No, no, that's yeah, cool, excellent. Yes, put that in the end. <laughs> <laughs> the blooper reel. Yeah, put that in the end. You think these guys are professional? <laughs> I do hear the blooper reel. <laughs> oh shit! I'm dropping everything. Oh fuck! I'm caught. Well, don't put that in. Jace <laughs> is like, yes, I will. <laughs> Go. Oh, okay. You're good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Alice. Hey, Liv. <laughs> Thanks for joining me today. You're more than welcome. How are you? I'm really good. We we go way back. We've been friends for a long time. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking that in the drive here. I was, you know, preparing in my mind of what we're going to talk about. Um, and I would say it's about 20 years since we first met. Wow. Mm. You're right. Holy mm. moly. And yet we've not aged a day. Oh, no. <laughs> magic. Isn't it magic? <laughs> Look at us just nailing it. Yeah. yeah. I'm always fascinated to talk to other athletes and particularly swimmers I have a particular fondness for, <laughs> but I always know that people look from the outside and go, oh, that's, that must be their favourite moment of their swimming career or their athletic career. Mm-hmm. And I want to know what moment you're most proud of. I always split this into two. Mm. So myself personally, I'm most proud of my results in the um, world championships in 2003, Mm. so a year out from the Olympics and I was still in grade 12 and went in there barely ranked and ended up with three silvers and a bronze, Mm. um, two of which were in individual events, which was something that obviously I aimed for being a professional driven swimmer, Mm. um, but not something that I had expected so soon. And to Especially come, when you're so little. I was tiny. <laughs> I thought I was big, but I was tiny. Yeah. And so, you know, I came second in the 200 medley and second in the 50 freestyle and I beat this girl <laughs> by like .01 it or was, something. Yeah, it was like someone Lenton. <laughs> oh, that's right. It was you. <laughs> <laughs> Who's this Libby Lenton? I don't know her anymore. And then I never beat her again. Um, that's not true. In 2005, right, you definitely yeah. did. <laughs> that's right. I was the catalyst. Um, but those two achievements just really stand out to me. Um, and even when I was having a big chat with my old coach, um, Shannon Rollison, when I stopped swimming, he even said that that was one of his highlights just mm. because it was. It was just the perfect week. You don't get them very often. And then my other answer is always the gold medal from the Olympic Games in 2004 because, like you said, we've been friends for a long time. Mm. Um, I'd known Jody even longer and we were training together and then to have Patria Thomas in the final and Sarah Ryan in the heats. Like we were just this nice little fun team that, you know, we're, we're at different ends of our career. Mm. Um, Sarah and Patria were in their last year and, and we were really early. Mm. And so we bought these different levels of experience to it. And I think everything just came together for us. I mean, on paper, we probably shouldn't have won, Mm. but I think we had the right attitude. We really liked each other and supported each other and um, in a professional way. And 
yeah, it was just a really fun night. Like I wish I could remember more of it. You don't remember much? I remember really key things and I don't know whether that's influenced from watching footage, Mm. Um, but there's little things I remember like the stupidity of our three-quarter pants. (laughs) 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 To get our Olympic gold medal in this once-in-a-lifetime moment that showed the bottom half of our racing suits. We looked like fools. That's because we thought they were the medal ceremony. They were. Were they? Yeah, and then from that night on. I thought we got it wrong. No, they were because no other sport wears full-length attire. And so from that night on, all the other swimmers wore their full-length pants and we just looked like the biggest noobs. Yes. <laughs> oh, so I remember that. I remember the chat in the marshalling area and I remember trying to find my parents in the crowd and they were like at split seating because for some reason they couldn't get seats together, which was very strange being that they're from the same household. Mm. Um, but I just wish I could remember more of the detail of it. Do you remember farting in the marshalling area? Yeah. <laughs> Mostly because you tell that story over and over and over. Because I actually think that's why we won. (laughs) That's some power. (laughs) Some real thrust. Yeah, look, guys, this is 15, 17 years ago. I don't do that anymore. No, you're very very much a lady now. I'm such a lady. But back then, But I just, I I think part of that, and it wasn't actually because you fired, (laughs) but that vibe, that energy that we had, that uh, playfulness, we didn't take ourselves too seriously. And I think that actually really intimidated people. Yeah, there was a real lightness to us, I felt. And while we were all very serious competitors, Mm. um, especially domestically, Uh, between each other, Mm. Um, it just felt easy, Mm. you know, and I think we really carried that through with us. And, you know, when you're relaxed, your whole body is relaxed so you actually swim better. Mm. So I just think we had everything going. You were very relaxed. (laughs) Oh, man. man. Let's not go any further into that one. And that's the end of the podcast. (laughs) And that's all we have time for. Thank you, Alice. Thanks, Alice. I've humiliated you. Again, <laughs> we're all done. I've got plenty of Libby stories, by the way. <laughs> Just by the way. <laughs> well, we'll save those for later. I'm yeah. sure we'll have time for them. <laughs> um, I wanted to talk to you because we did have, I just thought we had this amazing rivalry, but we did have a real friendship and respect. But it was interesting because I, I found it hard to connect with you and Jody while we were competing because I felt like I had to keep up a barrier because mm. I don't know, I felt like I didn't want to, I don't know, lean into that friendship because I didn't want to beat my friends. Yeah. <laughs> Does that make sense? Totally. And like, you know, I know that in 2005 you won trials mm. going to the world championships and I actually missed out on that individual spot. And I remember just being so happy for you. And it was so weird because I was like, I, I wanted to win. I wanted mm. to at least get second so I could actually, you know, be part of that individual spot. But I don't know. I think that's when I recognized that I actually just really liked you as a person. <laughs> I'm a likable gal. You are. You're lovely. <laughs> and I'm so grateful to have your friendship mm. like post-sport as mm. well. We've had two little, well, yeah, Miller's almost Eddie's yeah. age. And your oldest Vance is four weeks older than Poppy. Yeah. And so it's I've been so grateful for that friendship outside mm. of the sport. But how did you feel when we were competing? I think you hit the nail on the head. We were the 
definition of rivals. Mm. I mean, I had the utmost respect for you and your hard work and I wanted everything that you achieved to come my way and that definitely pushed me harder. Mm. Um, But I also thought you were hilarious and entertaining (laughs) and just so real and I I actually found it quite hard as well to step back from that friendship a little bit. Mm. Um, I was very good friends with Jodie. Uh, we were very close and we trained together all the time, but we also had that rivalry which was hard to mm. navigate through. Um, I think though, especially as um, Jodie stopped a bit earlier than us in her career, but as you and I continued to swim through to sort of 2012, mm. I feel like we reached a certain maturity outside of the sport and we were able to separate the friendship from the competition mm. and that's why you know we ended up at each other's weddings yes. and things like that and um our friendship has continued almost a decade beyond mm. because we were able to grow past that and you know as soon as I hit the water it didn't matter if I was racing next to the queen mm. I'd be beating her <laughs> <laughs> and you know I in my eyes maybe her. you were the queen <laughs> I don't know um but yeah it, you're not a competitor if you're not like that. Mm. And I'm still a very competitive person, but I don't let it dictate my relationships so much anymore. How did you know it was time to stop? Uh, I was devastated to miss the London Olympic team. Mm. Um, the long-term goal I'd had was to go to three Olympics. Yeah. Um, I wanted to medal at three Olympics. I wanted to be in that more exclusive club mm. of a three-time Olympian. Um, and I was in really great shape. Mm. Um, yes, you were. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there, I would argue that I missed my taper mm. a little bit. So as the week progressed and I became fresher, I started to perform much better. But early in the week I just was still tight and fatigued. Mm. Um, I also probably didn't believe in myself enough and I kick myself a bit that that's how I finished my career. Um, but that had been sort of the theme of the five or six years before as well, mm. um, I was just definitely ready not to swim anymore. Yeah. So I always knew 2012 would be it for me. And when I missed the Olympic team, I did actually get back in the pool and was training for the World Short Course Championships. Yeah, I wanted to go to World Short Course. I wanted to finish on a high, I suppose. And I went and did a few sessions and I just hated it. Mm. Like it just wasn't me anymore. And while I do miss swimming, um, I think I miss – the fitness and the social life and the fun of competing rather than the commitment of it. Mm. I'd been on the team for 10 years. I came on as a 15-year-old and I just was tired. Yeah. And while 26 is definitely not old, particularly now, like there's females swimming well beyond their um, late 20s into their early 30s, it just wasn't what I wanted in life anymore. I was ready to move on to something else and I – or even all these years later, I don't regret walking away then because I think I just would have become bitter yeah, rather than leaving on my own terms. I think swimming such a consuming sport and it, it it's hard for athletes a lot of the time, swimmers, to go further than sort of their late 20s mm. because we are so intense from a really young age. Yeah. How did you navigate that transition? Had you been preparing for life after sport or like did you know where you wanted to go after swimming? Yeah, I I had been studying. Um, so I had a year off when I left school um, because that was the Athens Olympic year. So I didn't do anything that year except train and travel for racing. 
Um, and then after that, I got into university and I was studying uh, some sort of science degree. I can't even recall <laughs> what it was officially called. I was doing something. But I felt like it was something that I was supposed to do. Um, and I only got a year and a half into that and decided that I wanted to have a job when I graduated rather than just a piece of paper. So I switched to nursing and I started my Bachelor of Nursing. And it took me six years or six and a half years to do just because of the commitments with swimming and prac and trying to combine all of that. Um, but I had that in my backpack, you know. Mm. So when I left swimming, while I still had about 18 months of that degree left, that was the path that I was taking. I didn't know which stream of nursing I wanted to do, but I had that commitment to finish my degree and move forward from there. I just got married. So I, you know, we were headed down that family path. Mm. We didn't, again, didn't know when yet and definitely wasn't ready straight off swimming, but that was in our future as well. Um, So, I mean, I definitely planned for life after swimming while I was swimming. I don't think you can do enough planning. Mm. I feel like it's a world that you don't know about at all until you're in it. And I had those strategies in place already to move forward with it, but that doesn't mean it was easy either. What did you find the hardest? Uh, I felt like I'd only ever identified as Alice a swimmer. Mm. And, you know, that's kind of what makes you special. You'd go to family barbecues or you'd see friends from school or whatever you were doing. And the first thing people would ask you is, how's your swimming going? Yeah. And where because, are you competing next? Yeah. Because it's interesting and something that not a lot of their other friends would do. Mm. Um, and then you stop swimming and you see those same people and you go to those same family barbecues and that question isn't there anymore. And it's such a huge part of your identity and who you've become and pretty much all you remember being mm. and it's gone. And so you lose that place in your life that was special Mm. and you just become like everybody else. And I found that really hard to deal with, even with having the steps towards becoming a nurse and that Mm. being my new life. I was just sort of lost in this, well, if I'm not a swimmer, what makes me special? Because I found that, I find that really interesting actually, because I don't think I had anything in my backpack. (laughs) I would agree. (laughs) You didn't even have a bum bag. (laughs) I was like, I'll just retire and it'll be fine. I'll be fine. Yeah. Um, but when you talk about having that little thing that people talk to you about and then they don't ask you any, like it's like they don't know what to ask you anymore. Mm. But you had something that you were working towards. You had the the thing that you were going to move on to. Mm. So I find that really interesting that you still felt that way. Yep. And I, I also feel like it influences your friendships a lot and those relationships because if they lose that to talk to you about, what else do they talk to you about? Mm. Because for so long that has been your all-consuming life, like mm. being a professional athlete, and maybe that's the only thing that you enjoyed about each other in that mm. friendship. So what do you talk about? Yeah. So you quickly lose those friendships that you thought were for life, but maybe they were just for a little while. What else did you did you find like the like the change in routine difficult to deal with because like we're so structured for for so many years you know thirty five hours a week of our lives are planned every single week mm. um, we don't have to make any of those decisions and then all of a sudden <laughs> you're like ah, you can work it out yeah it's real change and I remember thinking God there's so much time in the day. <laughs> 
how do people not get stuff done? You know, because you, when you're in that swimming life and you're swimming morning and night and in the day you've got gym or you've got physio or massage <laughs> or a nap, it's very important. Very important. Because um, your whole body is just exhausted. And then you stop. And yeah, you might go for a run in the morning if you miss it, you go in the afternoon. Mm. If you're studying, you've got all day. Mm. If you've got a part time job, go in for a few hours. Like, I just, I couldn't understand how all of my friends from uni couldn't get their assignments done. <laughs> I'm like, I swim 35 hours a week. I still get my assignments done. Now I've lost the 35 hours a week of swimming. I have so much time. Mm. I could do this assignment four times. You're just being lazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it does become hard to fill yeah. your day and find a new routine and a new drive and have something to get up for, mm. really. Um, I also found it hard at, because your body changes and mm. while I would never describe myself as letting myself go, mm. um, it was hard to adjust to that new level of I don't know. You, softness? You, yes. Yes. The softness. We're so hard and like I ripped. know. Yep. And then you're like, hmm, why is that jiggling? <laughs> so, so do I care? Oh, little. The little. I never actually have to wear togs again if I don't want to. Well, that's the thing. Like mm. you don't want to train 35 hours a week to no. have those abs no. Yeah. <laughs> Can I have the body without the work? Um, yeah, so I found that and I'd always struggled with body image and self-confidence in that sort of way. So I did find that a little bit hard, but um, do you think part of that was, I mean, when you first made the team, you were 15 yeah, and you were so tiny, like you were so petite, you, your big nickname in the media was the pocket rocket. Mm. It must be weird Mm. to kind of grow up in the limelight Mm. from being a child Mm. to being a woman. That must be a really big transition in of itself and then into obviously life after sport as well. Yeah. And And then into motherhood. Yes, exactly. And I legitimately was a child. Yeah, you literally were tiny. Yeah. My husband, Gregor, he was a swimmer as well. And when he's seen old photos of me, like from my first team and footage and stuff, he's like, you look like a small boy. (laughs) You because did have very short hair. <laughs> I had short hair. I had no hips. I was this little ball of muscle. Mm. I think with my first team I weighed like 46 kilos, yeah. 47 kilos, and I was just tiny. And that's another thing that people would always say to me is like, how are you so small but so fast? Mm. And then um, I didn't go through puberty till I was over 18. Mm. So I didn't even get my first period till I was nearly 19. Yeah. So there was a whole heap of background tests going on um, just to make sure everything was okay. But once that started, obviously I started to change and Mm. developed into more of a woman. And then the questions became of, oh, you're getting bigger. Oh, you've got a bum now. Oh, you've got boobs now. Mm. And I immediately took that as a negative. Yeah. Immediately. Because we're so in control of our bodies. Right. if If it just starts changing without you actually changing it, that must have messed with your head Completely. so much. Completely. And I didn't know how to handle it. I didn't know how to move forward from it. Um, there was nothing I could do about it. Mm. And it definitely made it hard for me to continue to perform at the same level because I had a whole new body. Mm. And everybody goes through that. But I went through it after I'd performed so well. Yes, so the exactly. expectation was there that I would continue to be this stellar performer for mm. the next decade. and. 
I had to do that with a different body. Mm. And I found that really hard to move forward from. So, I mean, I had to block out what people were saying and try to turn them around into positives. But when you're only 20, Mm. it's very hard. Yeah. You have to manage not only your own expectations, but then what external forces are telling you. Yes. You should be. Exactly. And I think when I stopped swimming and went through another change of my body, I was a bit more prepared for it because of that earlier experience. What about when you went into motherhood? Oh, my gosh, motherhood. <laughs> Talk about jiggle. Talk about, oh, man. Talk about things growing. Oh, motherhood was hard. Pregnancy was hard. Mm. Like I, I'm, I just admire these women who have a beautiful pregnancy and enjoy every moment. And I call them sachets. They oh, sachet they through pregnancy. Don't yeah. they? They just sachet and they and just I look beautiful. To sachet. I wanted so badly to I sachet. I felt awful. <laughs> I felt awful. I felt out of control. I And you know me, like I was not a big pregnant person. No. Like I barely had a stomach, but I had some boobs on me and mm. I didn't like that. <laughs> You're like, this is weird. <laughs> yeah, and it was really hard to do and I – for the most part, I had a very good pregnancy with Vance the first mm. time around. Like I wasn't too sick. I wasn't too tired. You were hormonal. Very hormonal. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. my favourite memory of you. With the smells? <laughs> no. With, oh, well, was it Gregor? Gregor? Yeah. <laughs> Your poor husband. My poor husband. <laughs> so quick little background. I was about 35 weeks pregnant. He went for a morning run. We were meeting up with Libby for brunch. <laughs> and he was like, I'm going to get my hair cut before we go out. And I was like. You're going to shower first, right? You must shower. (laughs) No, because like I'll shower when I get back because I'll have hair all over my neck and stuff. I'm like, you have been for a 10K run in a sweaty, sweaty hat. You're going to wear the exact same clothes and let someone touch your head without showering. (laughs) I was completely repulsed. You were like, it's like you were physically repulsed by that. And I even said to him, I like you a little bit less right now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then we met up with Libby and I told her that and, of course, it was the hilarious. Best, the best story ever because <laughs> I was heavily pregnant at that stage. Yeah, so. <laughs> we were basically the same person. Yeah. So you got it. Exactly. I No, I fully understood. You, could, you understood it. I understood the liking him a little bit. It's <laughs> poor Gregor. <laughs> poor Gregor. I felt awful. But it's a funny story. It is a funny story. But, yes, my experience with Vance was okay. My experience being pregnant with Miller was the complete opposite. I was exhausted and nauseous the whole time and I had pelvic pain and back pain and oh it was just I almost feel like whether it's the pregnancy or the birth I have a little bit of PTSD from the whole Mm. experience of it I love my boys Mm. they just are the greatest thing I've ever had in my life and I would do anything for them Mm. but I am not having another one Mm. never I just I just can't see it in my life yeah yeah I, I mean, I feel you. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I you were on the same page as me. <laughs> and then you were like, whoopsie, I'm pregnant. <laughs> Thankfully, my third was my best pregnancy. Yeah, I still true. hate being pregnant, but <laughs> it was my best. <laughs> so I wish I was a Sasha, yeah. But, you know, those body changes, you can't control them. So whatever. Eat I, the always, burger. <laughs> I always wonder, like, for – because I, I hear women, I hear them mm. when they say they never feel better than when they're pregnant. Like, I hear that. I respect it. Oh, I'm just jealous. Well, I'm so, for one, obviously (laughs) so jealous, so jealous. But, like, I just, 
I, I, this is probably me trying to justify how I feel and my experience of it all. Mm. And I'm like, you mustn't have felt very good in your life if that's how you feel. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like in your body, like we were elite athletes, you know, yeah. and they're always so fit and so strong and, you know, always tired because you're training so much. But like when we got to competition and we mm. were, you know, tapered, like that's the best I ever felt. Yes. Cause you just feel amazing. Yeah. Especially in the water and, that was my favourite thing in the world. Yeah. But I'm like, mm, you mustn't have felt very good in pregnancy. It's what really has happened in your best. life for this to be the highlight? <laughs> I'm just so jealous. Yep. I was just so jealous. But, you know, everyone ends up with a story of their own and that's mm. mine and I Godspeed to the women who have these <laughs> magical pregnancies because I just wish I was them. Mm, totally. Let's go back to when you first retired mm-hmm. and you had that sort of 18 months mm between finishing swimming Mm -hmm. and finishing your degree. Yeah. What was that period of time like? It was kind of glorious. Like I managed to gain employment um, pretty soon after I stopped swimming just at a like a local food supply place Um, and I worked there for eight weeks and then they went bankrupt. Oh, (laughs) So then I became part of this like redundancy thing and I was like, is this the real world? What's going on? Um, but I was very busy with PRAC. I'd, I'd sort of stored up a lot of my practical um, nursing experience for when I stopped swimming. So I was quite busy with that a lot. And um, when my first job fell through, I actually um, made contact with Swimming Queensland and they offered me a position doing some like personal development things oh, cool. with young swimmers. So I actually worked in the office there and that was really fun. I said, oh, cool, as if I didn't know that, but yes. That's <laughs> no, fine. <laughs> cool. Cool. Tell me more. Um, so that was a really good 18 months. I had the energy to commit to the degree really well. And when it came time to apply for jobs for nursing, I had um, I was either midway through or just started a placement in the operating theatres as, ner- as a student nurse and all the job applications were due at the same time, and I just loved that. Mm-hmm. I, it was my first nursing placement where I went, oh, this is what I want to do. Mm. And it's funny because it's not really a nursing job. It's, it is. You do have to have the fundamentals of nursing underneath you, but it is very technical and you learn on the job. But all these job applications, I just went, oh, I want theatre. So I yeah. applied for theatre everywhere and against most advice um, because it really can box you in. Um, but I interviewed uh, at the Marta Hospital here for the children's theatres and there were something like 250 applicants, which they narrowed down to 70, which they narrowed down to 12 wow. for three positions. And the interview process was terrifying. Mm. Um, and I sort of clocked back into that swimming mentality of like, you just got to perform, mm. just do it. And I did get offered one of the positions. So I was very grateful and I have continued to work in pediatric theatres since, um, obviously now working at Queensland Children's Hospital with the, well, since that was opened nearly six years ago. But I love it. I love my job and it's busy and hectic and, you know, seemingly out of control, but we're always in control and we always have uh, a solution for what could be done, even if it's not the most desired way to do it. And I just, I enjoy the challenge. Mm. Every day is different. It, while it, from the outside it looks the same, it brings a completely different challenge every day and, um, yeah, I really enjoy it. Do you feel like swimming prepared you well for that role or it was just it's just so different? Uh, 
There, there are definitely elements. So I, I believe any sort of extracurricular activities, especially in school, prepare you really well with your time management, mm. and that's a very important factor of my job. It also, there's sometimes that we'll, I'll be scrubbed assisting a procedure for eight, nine, ten hours, and that kind of focus mm. is definitely learned from my swimming. Like I can do that, and it will seem like an hour has gone by. But wow. it's been 10 and you're exhausted and, you know, you're counting 150 sutures to make sure that none have been left behind and you need to keep that focus. And I definitely relate that back to my swimming. Mm. Like I'm able to just almost have that tunnel vision and just do the job that's at hand. And then when it's finished, then see everything else that's going on and go, oh, gosh, that was big. <laughs> yeah. So it's almost like performing. It is performing. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Just with a different knowledge base. <laughs> yeah, completely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How do you manage, because I imagine you'd see some tough things at mm. times, especially working in a, in a kid's um, hospital and now being the mother of two young boys. Mm. How do you manage that? Uh, well, when I started, I wasn't a parent yet. Mm. Then I had the boys and my approach just completely changed. Mm. I now understood the parents mm. and I understood their angst and their worries and and their tears that would come out when their little children are taken away from them and, you know, we put them to sleep. And mm. It's a very hard thing to watch as you've experienced. Yeah, yeah it's the worst. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very hard. But I think I've become pretty good at co- like compartmentalising it. Um, we do see some awful things, uh, lots of traumas, um, lots of young diagnosis of cancers and mm. Things that you just, oh, your heart breaks, you know, you, that could be my child or what if that was my child and I don't know how these families deal with it. Um, but you have to remember that what we see at work is servicing the worst cases of Queensland, basically. So we get the worst traumas, we get the worst illnesses and that doesn't happen. Like when I was a child, I didn't meet one kid who was going through cancer. I didn't meet one kid mm. who fell off the monkey bars and cracked their skull. Mm. A couple of broken arms and stuff. But these things that we get, they're um, mostly normal kind of situations that just go a bit wrong, a bit mm. pear-shaped and can happen to anyone. It does make me a little bit of a helicopter parent at the yeah. playground, <laughs> especially because my children like to climb over the top of things, being boys and <laughs> wild. <laughs> but um, I think – it has more of an effect on me than I realise because a lot of the time I do think about it at night, mm. just the really, really bad things that we get. It is hard to not see it and how it might be affecting you if it happened to you, but more just to move past it, mm. I suppose, um, on a professional level. You mentioned your partner, Gregor, mm-hmm. uh, who compete. where did he compete? At the Commonwealth Games in 2006 and 2002. I'm, he's going to hate me. And 98. And 98. That's because he's. He's old. He's old. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. <laughs> we love him. Yeah. Um, obviously, he being a swimmer, mm-hmm. you being a swimmer, being an athlete, do you feel like navigating all of the challenges that you face, particularly post-sport, has been easier having someone who understands it because he's done it as well? Yes, and he did it four years before me. So he went to the same Olympics as me, but he stopped after 2008, mm. whereas I kept swimming to 2020. Because that's where you guys met. 
We met in Melbourne, actually. Oh, in Melbourne. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. On the dance floor. Cute. We were friends for so many years and then started a relationship and never looked back. And so he went through it four years before me and he, similar to you, had nothing in Mm. his backpack. Absolutely nothing. And yes, he, many a time Gregor and I have yeah, <laughs> conversed over yeah. the lack of backpack. <laughs> yeah. How we still manage to feed ourselves. <laughs> yeah. um, Just try all of the things. Yeah. Um, but he landed on his feet. He got into fitness and then swimming coaching and only through the effects of COVID has he had to have another career change. But he was always very good at making things seem normal. Mm. You know, Gregor's very relaxed Nothing really stresses him. Um, He always thinks that things will work out and, you know, bless him. They usually do. Mm. Um, So he was a really good ally to have in those early months of navigating it and onwards as well because he's become very good at filling – he at that time had become very good at filling his days, which we touched on earlier is sort of a hard thing to – Do at first. Yeah. Mm. So he's amazing and he's still my friend, you know, more than anything. And we're in the trenches right now with our two kids. Mm-hmm. But sometimes we remember how we used to be really good at one thing. <laughs> remember how we were young and yeah, fun and good yeah, at something. Good at something. Well, you're really good at nursing as yeah, well. So. Yeah. But, you know, I can't get my kid to put his shoes on. So <laughs> it's good to have Gregor next to me who won't even be allowed to put the kid's shoes on because <laughs> it's mummy's turn. Um, but he's wonderful and I'm really lucky to have him. Do you feel like there would be anything you would do differently to prepare for retirement or do you feel like you kind of just, you kind of have to? I think you, I think having a few things lined up is good. So whether you're working or studying or you've entered that adult life while you're swimming as a jump start is really good. If you can talk to people who have already navigated their way out of the sport and done it in a fairly successful way, that's a good thing to do, to have a mentor. I don't think when we stepped out of it, it was talked about enough. Mm. People just kind of disappeared and, you know, there's there's been the famous stories of people falling apart a little bit, unfortunately, and, and we see it happen and it's devastating, mm. And but we can relate. And I think maybe the influence of that has been to care more for the kids who are swimming now and preparing them for life after, but... There's a lot of it that you just you can't learn until you do it. Mm. You can't learn what it's like to budget or prepare and send some of your money to superannuation. Like we never had that. I was yeah. 26 and I didn't have any superannuation. Mm. Luckily, my parents um, being in the building industry, we'd invested in properties and stuff so that had become my nest egg. But still, you don't know anything about that and there's no care taken towards it either. Why do you think there are athletes who do – kind of struggle so much. Do you think it is, from my perspective, it's kind of, you know, these massive highs that we go through and nothing in the real world kind of replicates that? Nothing can kind of fill that void Mm. that we then are missing? Yep. Do you think that's what it is or? I think that plays a huge role. Mm. Um, And because I think because you do something for so long and you've become so good at it, those highs are almost expected, mm. you know, and you look forward to them and you know when they're going to come. Um, in the real world, there's no highs like that. <laughs> no. You know, like. A job, well, like there is, but there you're not is. anticipating it. They're more spontaneous. Yeah. Yeah. And they're completely different. Like you've experienced the high of watching your child roll over for the first time, which is amazing. Such a thrill. Huge thrill. 
Um, but you didn't know that was going to happen that day. And I think maybe not having that structure that we talked about is really hard. I really can't speak for why some people find it harder than others, except for that maybe they're not as prepared or they possibly think that things will continue to come easy to them. Mm. Because, you know, particularly being a super successful swimmer, like you had sponsorships and Mm. opportunities everywhere. I just assumed someone would give me a job. Exactly. And I think you're not alone (laughs) in that assumption. Why didn't that just happen? Yeah. (laughs) Whereas me being like third in Australia instead of first or second, I was used to pursuing things. Mm. So working a little bit harder for things and not having opportunities thrown at me, not to dismiss what you were given at all. No. Um, But I had a very much more rounded view of what was to come Mm. rather than, oh, I'll just continue to be famous. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. And that, again, not to dismiss anyone who's gone through it, but I can see why they find it hard because, yes, we were swimmers, yes, we were successful, but you and I haven't swum for nine years. Mm. Time goes really quickly when you're out and there's a whole new group of people to focus on. So the – You become irrelevant very quickly. Very irrelevant, Yes. (laughs) <laughs> yes, disappointingly so. Yeah. Like I was special once. I know. I have an Olympic gold medal. Oh, when? Oh, 17 years ago. You weren't born. Se- 17 years ago. Oh, yes. That's that's a lot. That's okay because we can have a 20-year reunion soon. <laughs> I remember having a 10-year reunion. I know. I know. Bring the walking sticks. <laughs> Terrifying. Or maybe just the Spanx. <laughs> Space. Definitely the spanks. Yeah. Hold the bobbles in. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we could try and, well, no, we wouldn't fit. Well, I wouldn't fit into my old Are you kidding in. me? I had to make a special one for me, Libby. Mine was a size 23. <laughs> no, you wouldn't fit into your size 23. No, no. My first team, they had to make a special suit for me because I didn't fit into the smallest one. You were such a child. <laughs> You're a baby. I think Vance would struggle to fit into my suit. five-year-old. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's got really long legs. That's what it is. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, it's crazy. I always want to know, because I'm sure you get asked this all the time, mm. would you get your boys into swimming? Yeah, definitely. I loved it. Mm. I found it really hard at the time and thought it was really hard and stressful. Um, but looking back, it was the greatest. Mm. I was really determined and self-driven and I can see that in my oldest son in particular and he has a certain affinity with the water. Like he is not a land mammal, just like me. Like we run the same, we fall over the same amount. Um, But in the water he's really light and um, he just moves really nicely and if he wanted to pursue swimming, of course, I would encourage it. I would never push it. I would try to bring it away from him, I suppose, the expectation that other people might put on him Mm. being same as Poppy and your other two girls, the child of two swimmers. Mm. Um, I wouldn't want anyone to expect anything great from him, but if it's a great life, it's a great way to grow up. It's a great way to see the world. Um, It teaches you a lot about health and fitness and time management and um, socialization and networking and all that sort of stuff. So definitely I'd put him into it. Is there something that you miss the most? I miss my friends. Yeah. Mm. As you get older and life gets busier, it's harder to see your friends. Mm. And, I mean, you and I, we try to catch up fairly regularly with another man that we used to swim with called Andrew Richards. (laughs) 
We're still working. We're it still out. working on it. He just bailed on us the other day. We've been working for like six months to get yeah. together. I think the initial plan was to catch up like three times a year. Yep. I think we catch up once every three years. Yep. Yeah. So <laughs> life is busy, and but when you're swimming, same as when you're at school, your friends are just there. Yeah, right you see there them in front of your day. face. Yep. You don't have to work on those relationships, and I miss that. Mm. Yeah. I also miss being really fit. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Totally. But again, don't want to train 35 hours. No, 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 no. I also really enjoy wine now. So, <laughs> And remember when we used to think that we had lots of time? Yeah. Or no, we didn't. Well, didn't we didn't have time. We didn't. Ha- we used to think that we didn't have time and mm-hmm. then we had too much time and then we're like, where is all the time gone? Yeah. Have you seen the school day? Yeah, it's intense. Like I'm already like, oh God, I've got to go pick up Vance in two hours. <laughs> I just dropped him off. <laughs> I just got him there. Yeah. Um, no, I remember that when you're swimming. You you make a big deal about, oh, I've got to go to the post office today. Oh, I'll do it tomorrow. Yes. Because you only have four hours free. Yes. <laughs> I know. People yes. listening to this are going to be like, what are they rambling on about? <laughs> Why did they complain worry, about <laughs> No, but seriously, that's what I used to do. I, mean, mm. I have to go do it. Do a chore. A chore. And mm. I'd have one chore for that day and be like, mm, I slept for three hours instead of two. <laughs> I can't get there now. Oops, I only have two hours until training. Yeah, I t- certainly can't do it now. <laughs> oh, that's um, so funny. It's lovely rem- reminiscing with you. Yeah. Really feels like we didn't do much. <laughs> <laughs> we were some of the best swimmers in we the world were. for a yeah, little while. Five us. Yeah. yeah. I mean, our kids don't care about that. Yeah. And nobody else cares about that. Nobody cares anymore, no. But, uh, you know, like anyone, life continues to evolve and mm. you get a whole new range of expectations placed on you, especially being mothers and this whole new world of parental expectation that we've entered into. Oh, there goes Wilson. He's probably looking for more food. <laughs> He's like, He's I'm the fattest dog in the world. <laughs> He's a little chunky. Hey, like we've all evolved. Haven't we? Yeah. yeah. We've all got a little bit more. He's in the prime of his life. (laughs) Good pasture, as they say. Do you feel like, because, well, another one of the things that I miss about sport is having really tangible goals. Mm. In nursing, do you feel like you're able to kind of have your eyes set on a specific goal? Because, I don't know, the real world is so... Black, no, like swimming so black and white, real world is so great. It's like you can go, oh, yeah, maybe I'd like to do that. And then mm. there's a thousand ways to get to that one point where mm. swimming it's like you got to train yep. your ass off yep. and then you get an opportunity every four years to to maybe be part of an Australian team at the Olympic Games. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe. Maybe, but probably not. But possi- more than likely not yeah. because it's really hard to get there. <laughs> yeah. I No, I completely understand what you're saying. Swimming or any sport, is, those goals are so clear mm. and so direct. And whereas my goals within the workplace now, I, yes, I want to progress my career and, yes, I'd like to have a more senior role in the years to come. Um but also they're quite short as well. So we might enter a case that, you know, or dissecting this tumour might result in a lot of bleeding. So my goal is to make sure I have everything on my table that they might need to control that bleeding and have it ready to go. Mm. And if you get to the end of the procedure and they haven't bled much or you've only had to give them one pack of blood (laughs) rather than six or seven, um, then it's gone really well and you can cross that goal off. So they're more immediate and 
spontaneous. You don't know that they're coming until you get to work that day. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And that's one thing that I remember watching the Olympics at work for um, Rio Mm. and obviously because a lot of my colleagues know my background, they would talk to me about it and they were sort of struggling to understand, not all of them, but there were a few to understand why so many people looked so disappointed with second. And, yes, I now can see that it is an amazing achievement to win any medal at an Olympic Games. Um, but I I really had to explain to them that, no, this is their one single shot. Mm. Like you might get to, but let's just count on the fact that you don't. One chance in your whole life that you are the right age, the right fitness, the right preparation, the right weather. The like, right taper. Exactly. And that's it. So, yes, they're disappointed because mm. they will never be in that position again. And so that kind of – um, makes them understand a little bit more about me as mm. well and what's going on. Um, but it is nice to be able to kick back into that mindset sometimes mm. and be able to explain that to people. I remember it took me eight years to process that I got silver in the 100 freestyle mm. in Beijing. Mm. Which is amazing. Which is but amazing. But I totally get it. To- like, you know, when I realised that it was amazing, I'm like, it was amazing. Like, yeah. I I got a silver medal at the Olympic Games. Yeah. That's incredible. But yeah, from a time, final you may not have been in. Yeah. It, I, I shouldn't have been in that final. <laughs> but, like, yeah, you, at the time it's devastating. It's bigger than big. I think now that I'm in the real world, as I've said so many times, yep. um, when you're swimming or when you're in any kind of elite sport, Whatever happens is monumental Mm. and you think that the world will end if you don't achieve a certain thing. And it's not until you step out that you see, well, it's just a swimming race. Mm. Like It's a game. Yeah. Like it's literally a game. It's literally a game. Who can get there and back first? Yeah, and we can see that. Yeah. But I totally support those who are currently in it not seeing that. I could talk to you forever because, my friend, you are lovely and delightful. (laughs) And so for me, navigating retirement with someone like you to look to who has been able to dedicate her her life and her energy to such an amazing um, career is just, it's been very heartwarming for me and has allowed me to see the possibility of life after sport. And I'm very grateful for that and thank you for talking to me today. oh libby you're an absolute gem <laughs> it's a pleasure a pleasure especially when you tell secrets about me <laughs> good one <laughs> but what i want people to take away from this conversation <laughs> is that alice farted in the and the that our friendship ended on the 14th of may 2021 that's it for us <laughs> stuffy <laughs> Thank you very much for listening to our total polywaffle of a conversation <laughs> with my good friend Alice. Uh, I had a great time recording that conversation and I think, well, I hope that lots of people get something out of it. Um, she's a beautiful human being. If you have any ideas of people that you want me to interview, uh, make sure you go into my DMs at All That Glitters Pod. Otherwise, if you could please like, subscribe and review, that would be really great. Otherwise, have a wonderful week and I will see you next week.